Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Listening is Odyssey's commitment to mental health conversations. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, depression, anxiety, or mental illness, help is available. Call or text 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That's 988. Welcome back to another one of these. I am Tristan Ryans. That's Dylan Reed. No Austin York today. Uh, he's kind of tied up with some work stuff, but I, I think we'll do a decent job at the very least for you. So this is America's team. We appreciate you listening in. And it's been a couple weeks since we've been on. We've got plenty of Cowboys stuff to talk about. Obviously, we had OTAs. There's still been a little bit of free agency movement. Um, and of course, we've got the big ticket for this podcast. We're going to be talking a lot about contracts down the line, but... I want to start things off with those free agents I mentioned. A couple of guys are currently on the market, have become available since we had our last podcast. DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, and the Dallas Cowboys find themselves in a position of having about $20 million in cap space. A lot of room to maneuver to bring in one of those two former Pro Bowlers, all pros. So I'll toss it over to you, Dylan. What do you think about the possibility mm-hmm. of bringing either of these guys into the Dallas fold? Well, for me, I just all money aside, actually like both of these players quite a bit. And if uh, Jerry were to hand the reins over to me as the GM, I quite honestly think I would be more interested in them than I believe the Cowboys are. I think that DeAndre Hopkins still has a ton left in the tank. I know we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. You And Austin says it all the time. You really can never have too many wide receivers, and that's really the truth. And then beyond that, whether or not it's actually true, the narrative around here is at least Tony Pollard can't be your lead back. So if you want to do that multiple back situation, Dalvin Cook would be a nice piece to put next to him. And I'm saying all money aside, I understand acquiring Dalvin Cook would probably be investing far too much in your running back room. But I'm just saying... Player to player, I think they would actually both fit really nice here. Yeah, I I think I agree generally. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think it works in reality, though? Yeah. I don't think the Hopkins thing really works, personally speaking. They seem really happy with the room they have. 
Uh, of course, you've got C.D. Lamb. You've, of course, got Brandon Cooks, the big offseason acquisition via trade. You've also got Michael Gallup, who all the reports seem to be showing that he's progressed really well. He seems to be a lot more confident uh, post-injury. Last year was kind of rocky, of course, but seems a lot more confident going into this upcoming season. And some OTA reports, Jalen Tolbert really having a really good OTA yeah, offseason so far, battling for that wide receiver four spot. Who knows? I mean, I'm not going to reach too far out here and say that he's going to be battling for the, the slot position, the wide receiver three, but it is promising considering that he had a very rough rookie season, high expectations, nowhere close to being met. So I, But I do think that the wide receiver room, at least, pretty crowded. I, I don't think you need a DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Now, Dalvin Cook, on the other hand, that's somebody that I would be very interested in if I'm the Dallas Cowboys GM. Let's put the... the the, the imaginary hat on for a mm-hmm. second here. Toss that on. What Dalvin does and what he can bring to this Dallas Cowboys offense, at least in my opinion, is a guy who can catch passes out of the backfield, did a ton of that with the Minnesota Vikings within their offense. He can run between the tackles. He's very efficient at doing so. A red zone guy who can cross the goal line with pretty much ease. The Dallas Cowboys have a very strong offensive line. It'd be an immediate upgrade, at least for Dalvin. Last year, Minnesota was a bottom 10 offensive line as far as uh, quarterback pressure is considered. They were one of the worst rushing attacks in the entire NFL. So even with a couple of injuries in his past, I think Dalvin working in a commodity backfield with a guy like Tony Pollard, both of which, again, who can catch passes out of the backfield, but Dalvin a little bit more of your in-between-the-tackles guy, I I really think that'd be a fantastic fit for Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I just... I mean, it's like I said, I know that we've put $10 million into Tony Pollard. So the mm-hmm. narrative will be, you have already spent more than you need to spend on your running back room. Therefore, you cannot invest any more money into that room. But I, look, I... I, I just don't, don't think Deuce Vaughn is going to be that guy that brings that between yes. the tackles running. I, 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 all due respect, I don't know that Tony Pollard is that guy. We, we just haven't seen that out of him. Not yet. It's a high premium, though, yeah admittedly, to get a guy like Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. for sure. I, I I do agree on that aspect because just running backs aren't what they used to be anymore, man. They're just not bringing in that, that market capital, so to yeah, speak. I mean, it, they it, and to. how much is he going to ask for? I mean, that's, it, it, it's like we both said, like, okay, money doesn't exist anymore. Cool, great mm-hmm. fit. But the reality is probably won't end up here just based off the money. But who yeah. knows? Yeah. I mean, he's... I don't know how much money he's getting off of that Minnesota deal that he had left over. I well, his original deal was like a four-year, sixty-six million dollars, something, something. A lot of money still. I'm yeah. sure he's going to get at least some guaranteed money to make a, his valuation maybe a little bit cheaper. But I don't know. I, I think of the two, it seems more likely for mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys to make a move on Dalvin. Uh, maybe not necessarily as realistic. Let's just pontificate a little bit, though. Do you, where do you think either of those guys end up landing? Let's say they're not mm. going to Dallas, right? Yeah. Where do they go? Well, it's two different situations. I'll tell you this. As much as I personally think it would be a better fit, and I would actually like to see Dalvin over uh, DeAndre, as much as I love DeAndre coming mm-hmm. here. I agree. I think that DeAndre has a much larger market as a receiver. You just mentioned running backs aren't what they used to be. Running backs don't get paid like they used to. And running yeah. backs certainly aren't valued like they used to. So I think the list of teams interested in DeAndre Hopkins has got to be longer than the ones in, that are interested in Dalvin Cook. Sure. But where wh- let's say, what do you think is like the ideal landing spot for either of these guys, though? <laughs> Ideally, 
If I was DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook, I'd like to be on the same team, and I know what team that is. <laughs> the Chiefs. And it's the Chiefs. Yeah. And it's, look, there's there's a guy who used to sling the ball in West Texas Yeah. who's the best quarterback on the planet. And quite frankly, I don't blame other talented skill position players for wanting to go there. That's what I would want if I was DeAndre. I think that that would be... And think if you think about, especially what the Chiefs have done, think about how multiple that offense is. Everyone mm-hmm. was under the assumption that, oh, you're going to lose... Tyreek Hill, and you're going to regress. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't happen. And guess what? Tyreek is also still good at football. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. And guess what? Patrick Mahomes is also still really good at football. They just play on different teams now. Mm-hmm. So what about giving him that guy again? And a different guy. Yeah. Not not you're down the field, going to no. burn you with a 4-2, 40-yard dash. But no, for what the what the Chiefs do now, I mean, a lot more underneath. Find whoever's open immediately, yeah. get him the ball. And if his name isn't Travis Kelsey, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> having DeAndre Hopkins, though, I think that would absolutely bolster their offense. We agree at least on that. You think Dalvin would also fit with Kansas City? I think I actually disagree. You do? I, I think that the ideal fit for a guy like a Dalvin Cook, there is a team that exists within the AFC that, in my opinion, does need a running back, although as the the notable Patriots fan of the podcast, the non-Cowboy fan, mm-hmm. uh, this one hurts me a little bit to say, because they're already dangerous enough, but I think it's really? the Miami Dolphins. I was about to say Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. because they've, they've got Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, who are two pretty solid carryovers from uh, Mike McDaniel's time in San Francisco, but I think what Dalvin could bring to that offense is just you know that extra little bit of oomph. Um, I think it just works really well for what Miami does, but not to get too far off track for what the Dallas Cowboys do. Speaking of Dallas Cowboys, again, OTAs. Any mm-hmm. any any interesting storylines that popped out to you? I already mentioned the Jalen Tolbert competing for wide yes. receiver four. So what are some, a couple of things uh, that come to mind for you from this OTA session? Well, I think the first thing that comes to most people's minds when we're talking about what are you getting from OTAs? What are you seeing on Twitter? What are you seeing in the news sphere? I mean, quite frankly, what is a guy like Bobby Belt giving you? You know what I mean? Really, really great stuff. But I will say this. What stuck out to me the most has been the offensive line. We've discussed it a lot. I still think it's a situation that seems somewhat fluid, but we seem to now have a better idea of both where Tyron Smith is probably going to play and where Tyler Smith is probably going to play, and I like to see that quite a bit just because we've all been kind of wondering, mm-hmm. Are you? Is he getting? is Tyler getting slided to guard? Is Tyron going to the right side? Is Tyron going back to left tackle? Like we've all been kind of wondering, so it's good to get some idea on that. But I will tell you what actually, for me, has stood out the most in OTAs has nothing to do with the offense. Hmm. It has nothing to do with the defense either. Really? And quite frankly, it has something and everything to do with Bones Fossil. I, and I think more Cowboys fans need to start getting in this headspace, am concerned about the kicker. I am concerned about the kicker. We have made it perfectly clear as an organization that we are not having very much interest in Brett Maher right now. In fact, Bones Fossil has said as much. He doesn't really want to bring him back. And beyond that, the guy who we currently have as our quote-unquote starting kicker, Piscaro, has been, quite frankly, awful. Has not won the job. And so I know that kicker isn't the most flashy and interesting position, but sometimes it can... It can certainly win and lose you games, though. It, look, the number one score in NFL history is a kicker. 
Yeah. The kicking position is important. And like you just said, it can win or lose games. We've seen it happen in the playoffs year after year. I remember so, I remember when they, they played that game against Tampa, all those missed field goals. You know, that, oh, they're playing Tom and all these missed field goals. And I'm saying and it's that's, making me nervous. That very thing you're talking about is why they have reservations, ex- extreme reservations, about, about bringing Brett Maher back. Mm-hmm. And that's reasonable. And, I mean, at the end of the day, look, Dak could have an MP le- MVP-level season. Uh, Tony Pollard could turn out to be the best running back in the league. Uh, you know, Micah Parsons could break the NFL sack record. And we could shank an extra point and not win a Super Bowl. Sure. Not win a playoff game. Not win an NFC championship. Kicker is an extremely important position, actually. And the fact that the Cowboys are, as of now, going into the season like, well, who knows? Mm-hmm. As a lifelong Cowboys fan, makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, you still got $20 million left over. I'm not saying you throw $20 million at yeah. a kicker, but— It'd be a damn good kicker. <laughs> it does go to show, though, that like a kicker is a premium position, right? Yes. Like, not having a good kicker, there is a certain sense of—you see, it, it's, it's underrated in the offseason when mm-hmm. you're talking about the team-building aspect, but when it comes— you know, push comes to shove, regular season's creeping up. Can this guy make it from 50? Do we have confidence he can make it from 50? That completely changes your entire game plan in those fourth quarter, gotta win it, gotta have it situations when you go, if Brett Maher, we're not confident that he's going to walk out there and put his you know foot to the ball and put it through the uprights, yeah. maybe we don't convert on this fourth down, right? Like, that's the game there as well. You're, you're putting yourself in other positions that just aren't quite as favorable. And it's not like there's a, a ton of pickings out there for kickers right now oh. in the free agency market. As of the moment, I'm checking over the cap.com for reference. Mm-hmm. Mason Bullock. Mason Crosby is the number one kicker. He's 39 years old. Uh, unsigned as of the moment based on this site. Ryan Suckup, uh, 37 years old. Robbie Gold would be an interesting name. Yeah. He, he is still on the market. Niner. Yeah, so not necessarily a giant premium of kickers, but if you're not confident in Brett, maybe bring in another veteran you I, know, to I compete. Agree. I agree. You've got to... To me, if you're not going into the preseason, and I, I'm saying the, not a regular, the preseason, yeah. with a guy that you're not feeling at least good about, mm-hmm. I think the level of concern needs to be raised a little bit because we're all, and I'm optimistic. Yeah, We've said it on this podcast. I'm not shying away from it. I think the Cowboys are going to have a very good season. I feel great about the team. I feel great about a Dak bounce back. I feel, I feel great about McCarthy calling plays. I feel great about Dan Quinn. I feel great about a ton of stuff about the team. But the one thing I really don't feel great about is the kicker, as silly as that sounds. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to be pretty sour if it's, you know, and if we finally make it to an NFC championship and our kicker shanks an extra point. I mean, sillier and crazier things have happened. Yeah. It's... It's a rough way to lose. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's the roughest way to lose, and that's why I want a really good kicker. That's why the Baltimore Ravens are so spoiled. Yeah, having Justin Tucker. It's good to have him every year. It's like, oh, cool, we just have the best kicker of all yeah. time every season, whatever. Like, totally taken for granted. Well, they're not paying him like they're taking him for granted. I'll that's say true. that much, though. <laughs> I mean, he's making a pretty penny. I want to, What is he making, like $5, 6000000 million a year? Yeah. Something like that. I a mean, lot for a kicker. but he's. It's it, a lot for a kicker, but, but he's the kicker. But, uh, the last seven minutes have just been spent on why kickers are so important. A guy like Justin Tucker, for sure, yes. carries a lot of that weight. You talked a little bit about the offensive line a little bit earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
How do you feel about that amalgamation of the offensive line already? Not off to a necessarily great start. We've talked about the offensive line a number of times throughout this offseason. The lack of addressing the offensive line being the keynote uh, mm-hmm. post-draft even. So, Terrence Steele, the, we heard earlier, or much earlier in the offseason, oh, he's going to be ready, he's going to be good. Yeah. Not on the field. No. Not, not present, not on the field, correct? Yeah. You got Tyron Smith playing right tackle, Tyler Smith playing left tackle. I I don't think that that's the optimal setup for this offensive line. I, mm-hmm. I think that they're more than likely trying to hope that Terrence Steele is going to be ready to go to resume the right tackle spot. Yes. Tyron can flip back out to left where he's comfortable, and Tyler Smith can slide inside. But how do you feel if Terrence Steele's progress just still isn't quite there? Or I mean, We talked about it even as well. The potential of an injury on this offensive yeah. line. Just how how fragile is this unit? Very fragile. And that's the thing. It's as presently as presently constructed, if Steele comes back, solid on paper. But it is just like the kicker might be the individual position I'm most concerned about. The unit that I'm still most concerned about is the offensive line for that things you just mentioned. How is Terrence still going to come back from a massive season ending injury? How will Tyron Smith hold up. He hasn't played more than about five games in about five seasons. And if we're going to let Tyron Smith's health dictate where he plays, we're just stunting the progress of Tyler Smith at left tackle. So that there, there's a lot of questions, and quite frankly, it's it's still a large area of concern. I mean, how could it not be? Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely agree with you there. So... Obviously, a lot of questions still. We're creeping up to training camps. I think the expectation is hopefully the Dallas Cowboys will be able to figure that out, at least have a bedrock of an offensive line to walk into the season. I, I just, with $20 million still left on the table, I think there's still a lot of room and a lot of potential for them to make some moves. Maybe not quite as sexy as getting a DeAndre Hopkins or getting a Dalvin Cook or, or anything else, but there's still a couple of good free agents left and available, but you got to figure out that offensive line. I, I think, yes. again, you and I have both agreed for weeks on this. It, Go acquire someone. I'm down. Just pick up Dalton anybody. Just, just pick up anybody, honestly. Yeah. Having, having having anybody else along this offensive line with some veteran presence um, who has played on some very solid units, it, it's going to do nothing but help. You and think it's worth money. You think worth, it's worth cap money. I mean, you've got $20 million. Why not spend it? It's not I like you're so. walking into the season. You Obviously, you can't keep 90 players like mm-hmm. you can when you walk into training camp, but you can at least evaluate on the field. Having those guys at least on the field probably doesn't hurt, no. but you've only drafted and addressed the offensive line once yes. this offseason, getting a Seam Richards out of UNC. I, yeah. I just think that's probably the biggest failing of the Dallas Cowboys offseason. It doesn't get an A plus for that. Yeah. But you, maybe maybe they just maybe, you know, they're the experts. They're maybe the ones they who are on the field. <laughs> they I'm sure they have a better insight, but I agree, man. Just I'm looking worried. at the track record of, of injuries and Swiss Army knife offensive lines, hopeful you're hopeful that they can pull something together, but I just think that luck runs out eventually, man. I just hope it doesn't derail all the potential the Cowboys have exactly. going into this season. You made all these big strides on both the offense and the defense, but if your offensive line doesn't work, None the, your entire offensive line doesn't work. Exactly. None of it matters. If, you're, if your offensive line is garbage, it doesn't matter if you've got a world-class defense. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. Like The offensive line is such an important piece to the puzzle, and I think you're totally right. I, I'm like you. I hope that they see that $20 million and they say, you know what? We have to use some of that money to bolster offensive line. Not that we want to. Mm-hmm. We have to. What do you make of this Texas Coast thing, by the way, before we get out of mm-hmm. OTAs? What do, what do you make of it? Well, 
I think it's a hilarious name. I, I will tell you this: the first time I heard it, I didn't see the uh, like I didn't see text above it. It was just a video of Dak. Mm-hmm. I thought he said the Texas Toast offense. So, <laughs> <laughs> once I got more context, it makes a lot of sense. Mike McCarthy runs the West Coast offense. At least he did in Green Bay. We live in Texas, of course, and apparently run the Texas offense. And so it'll be a combination of them both. I think it's a good idea. I actually really like what's going on with Mike McCarthy calling plays. This, to me, is really kind of the most I've been excited about our head coach since we've acquired him. Because you get Mike McCarthy, but then, and this is not a shot, we've said, I think we've said a lot of really nice things about Jerry Jones on this podcast. This is not a nice thing to say. Jerry Jones forced Kellen Moore on Mike McCarthy. And there's no question about that because he said you can have this job if you keep this offensive coordinator. If. He said, screw it. I want the gig. Let's roll. And let's just keep this in mind. Kellen Moore, a disciple of who? Scott Linehan, who ran the offense for Jason Garrett, who was so... this. This, this voice, this idea, this offensive scheme, this offensive game plan, it's all been the same for all of Dak's entire career. This is the first time ever we've gotten to see Dak Prescott work with a new offense. And I'm excited about that because, frankly, I thought throughout the years of Cullen uh, coordinating the plays for us here, I quite frankly thought it got worse every season and it got overly complicated and overly complicated and it got to the point where we're going empty sets on second and two on a must get first down and we're having three different receivers running three different options over here and it's just too much if you've got a guy who's cerebral enough to run that as your quarterback that's great I love Dak Prescott and he's not that guy and you shouldn't try to force a square peg into a round hole. And that's how, honestly, that's what I think Dax had to deal with his entire career here in Dallas. So for once, Mike McCarthy has come to the table and been like, what works best for Dak? Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That's what we're going to do. All of the things that Dak is best at, that's what we're going to base our offense around. And now the entire coaching staff is McCarthy's. Right? Exactly. I think that that's going to do nothing but help. I'm not saying that Kellen was necessarily sour grapes in the fruit mm-hmm. bowl, but you mentioned things looked progressively worse on the offense. Now it's all on McCarthy. The yes. accountability is completely on McCarthy pressure's going into the season. The pressure's on, of course, but... It's his own path. It's it's his decisions that are going to get him in hot water if he fails. Um, but it's all of the roses and all of the glory if it succeeds. Now, Kellen Moore had some potential. Uh, yeah. Now he's the offensive coordinator with the Los Angeles Chargers. They've got a lot of weapons out there. We'll, we'll kind of get a chance to really compare and contrast. Was that the correct move? Was yeah. that the move that needed to be made for this Dallas Cowboys team to be a Super Bowl contender? Yeah. For the Chargers to be a Super Bowl contender, because they're in a very competitive division, much like the Cowboys with the AFC West. Obviously, the defending Super Bowl champions there, yep. the defending AFC champions, Cowboys defending NFC champions with those guys in Philly. So we'll have to see how things progress, but it's all on McCarthy this year. Yes, this yes. is, in a funny way, it's almost a make or break because now you have nothing to hide behind. Kellen yeah. Moore is out the door, but I'm curious i guess as a as a non-cowboy fan directly just to see how things kind of develop there so i think it's time now though we move into the big discussion for this podcast right the the, the headline whatever you will contract talks we got a number of big contracts on the table for dallas now you've got let's just start off with the quarterback Sure. How do you how do you navigate that? How do you handle Dak Prescott, the potential of an extension to maybe reallocate some of those funds? What are your initial thoughts on Dak Prescott? We'll start with him. Yeah. Well, for me, one, Dak had the worst year of his career last year. I don't think whether you're a Cowboys fan, a Dak Homer, whatever you might want to call yourself, if you're objective in any way as a football consumer, you can safely say that was Dak's worst season. Now, I'll also say this. I believe that Dak will have a bounce back here. I believe Dak can still win a Super Bowl, and I believe Dak is still a top 15-ish guy. And I don't think you really need a player to be better than that. Dak can borderline be a top 10 quarterback. I think what they will need to do, and I think Dak will be willing to do it, is do exactly what you mentioned. Take that big, monstrous salary cap and just slice it up and spread it out. And quite frankly... They'll probably be paying Dak Prescott after he retires, just like they did with Tony Romo. And once you retire, that doesn't hit your salary cap anymore. Who cares? I, as much as we talk about Stephen Jones being cat boy and joke around about it, I trust the capology the Cowboys do for the most part. And I think they will reallocate his funds, hopefully properly, but they'll spread it out properly for sure. I mean, you're looking at $26 million going into this season. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's pretty pretty conservative compared to the rest of the NFL, yes. compared to the rest of his contemporaries at the position. Next year, though, a big monstrous, about $60 million, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the area where you go, hey, 
look, we can we can extend this out because the year after that, for a little more context, thirty six million dollars, not too bad, and then a void year. Basically, it's just the end of that contract yeah. year. I think if you extended Dak, what you do is you open up that sixty. Let's say you even take twenty out of it. Mm-hmm. What you can do is effectively transfer all of that money around. You you have a lot more room to play with going into next season. You've already got twenty million dollars to play with right now, yeah. right? We we've talked about that a couple of times go within the podcast. Twenty million dollars to help circumnavigate these contracts for guys like CD, who we, we will we will be talking about Trayvon potentially, and of course mm-hmm. the guy you have yes. to resign in Micah Parsons. Twenty million dollars is a lot of money. I, I I think if you can reallocate a little bit, you can go okay. If we open up twenty million dollars next year, we know we're gonna be able to pay these guys. We the year after that, we've managed cap well. We know we have the room for them down the stretch too. So, I guess generally, how much, how does that contract kind of look? Does it go into a, let's say they add two or three more years onto it to spread that yeah, money out? Is I that guess. kind of what you're thinking? That's a, that's exactly what I would guess. I would guess three years. You mentioned sixty. To me, my brain instantly went to basic math, and I said sixty. Okay, that sounds like three years right there. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you take that sixty right there. You can, heck, do four. That's fine. That's fine. It, Dak's not going to see the. It, that's the thing that fans have to remember. These contracts, just like right now, just like we're talking about, get renegotiated. Whatever, oh, well, you can't be paying Dak for four more. It, it, we're just talking about taking that money and spreading it out so the team can be more competitive yeah. moving forward. So you can re-sign these guys and exactly. have them all effectively. So I guess what the idea is, do you keep them all in that same window? Where it's like, all right, look, we're going to ride with these guys for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Dak's going to help make things move and make things work. We're going to ride with these guys for the next four years. I, I think is there room here yes. to make it work for all of these guys? I think you're absolutely right. You take that extended time out and you take that money you've saved over those years and you use that money to handle and cover all the contracts of the guys you just mentioned, the important linchpins of this team going forward, the young talent that we've brought to the team. You sign them with that money, you're saving with Dak. Mm-hmm. So let's move on now to CD, mm-hmm. right? CD Lamb. Up for a contract year. Wide receivers have, unlike running backs, gotten a lot more expensive. Yes. Right? Over the cap's valuation of CeeDee Lamb as as present, about $22 million a season. Now he's still playing a rookie deal, obviously. But that's going to be expensive for the Dallas Cowboys. I just look at this rotation of four guys, Mm -hmm. and I think you probably can't keep all of them. No. So is CeeDee a guy you keep? Is he, is he, you can't build this offense and you can't continue without him? That's a tough one. Yeah. It, for me, out of those four guys, there are only two possible movable pieces. And I love CD. And I'm not saying he's not one of the ones I would keep, but he is one of those two guys that if you had to move on from one of those four, I'm talking Dak, talking CD, we're talking uh, Diggs. Diggs, and we're talking Micah. CD is one of those two guys. You're not going to move it. Unless I'd, there's something's going on in the background I don't know about, the, the Cowboys aren't moving on from Dak. Yeah. Micah Parsons, you're clearly not moving on from. So then it has to be one of those two guys. So you just have to say to yourself, I have to think, might I move on from CD? Is, because is CD good enough to get that 22? That would you put have him, to ask yourself. That, that would put him in the top 10 for wide receivers in the NFL pay wise right now. Well, and you have to ask yourself, is CD a top 10 receiver? And look, I love CD, and I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying you have to start asking those questions. 
if you're evaluating these players. And to me, see, it's tough because I almost would. It's such a tough question. Yes, I'm glad I, I asked CD. it because yeah. you look at the NFL landscape, right? You see what magic that AJ Brown brought to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Going really on a Super Bowl, point. a Super Bowl uh, journey for them, right? You, you look around the rest of the NFL. Cooper Cup being the shining star for that Los Angeles Rams team that went on mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl. Um, obviously, Tyree Kill, huge impact for the Miami Dolphins offense last year. They ended up no making question. the playoffs. Without him, they don't they don't make it. Even with all the the, the issues they had. Having a, a great wide receiver right now, I think, is incredibly paramount. That's yeah. I, I mentioned earlier, I'm a Patriots fan. We have not had a guy, in my opinion, for the last for a long almost, time. almost, I don't know, at least five, six years. Yeah, Not having that level of receiver has, in my opinion, greatly impacted how, how far the Patriots can get, just because they don't have the weapons. Yeah. Obviously, greatest coach of all time, notwithstanding, whatever. Yeah. But... Have in an offensive forward league that we exist in now, a, a league that passes more than they ever have, right? Yes. It's it just keeps heavy. going up. Yeah, having premier wide receivers now more expensive than your best running backs. I mean, Saquon Barkley got hit with the tag, and he's making a fraction of what some of you know some of the best players in the NFL make, and he's yeah. one of arguably the most talented guys. Just wrong position. That's all it is. It's a tough question. Yeah. Because you have to evaluate is CD that big of a playmaker? Is he that big of a difference maker? You kept CD and you let Amari go. And Amari is obviously still a very valuable, very good wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, so you gotta ask yourself, man, is he is is he better than Amari? So you gotta ask you like flat up, flat mm-hmm. out, is he? And if he is, like you mentioned with this offensive forward league then we're in, if he is that top ten guy, then guess what? He's now become a guy you have to keep. I mean, just period. And, and, and I think that if I had to tw- choose between the two, and obviously if made it clear, it would be between CD and Diggs for me. Man, it's so tough, but... I mean, I'd probably keep CD over Diggs if I'm just being totally honest. And, and, I, and I think that Diggs is so premier. But yeah. It, it's like I said, if you're not going to move on from Dak, you're not going to move on from Micah, you only have two guys. Yeah, you had because because I mean, Mike is the one I wanted to say for last because yeah. he, he is certainly the big and, one. And I want all of them. But if we're yeah. having to, but so yeah, we can bring the Trayvon Diggs contract yeah. into this conversation too. I mean, you're looking at a guy who obviously 2021 broke out. Yes, uh, what he had 13 interceptions. He was Bless a defensive it. player of the year candidate. He was monstrous. And then I was doing a little bit of research going into this podcast. He didn't even make the Pro Football Focus top 32 last year. No, he didn't. He did not. His rookie, he had numbers similar to his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a huge step forward. I know you're a big Trayvon Diggs truther. Yes. Um, and that's perfectly fine. I think he's a very solid corner. See, I actually think he had a better season last year. Really? Than he did. Oh, I mean, his cover rate was significant. Okay. Improvement. And I'm not going to try to be like this. I think PFF does a lot of good things. Sure. I think that they've got, I don't know, I, don't, I think they're doing a bit. Like, I, think, <laughs> I, I just flat out think they're doing a bit about Trayvon. Because if you're going to sit here and tell me that there was 10 more cornerbacks better than Trayvon Diggs and cornering and covering last season, like, you just didn't watch football. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. That is just lunacy to the highest level. He was way better last year than he was his 13-pick season. Not yeah. improved. Significantly improved. But it, do you—I guess my question is, like, do you look at Trayvon and go, is he worth the money that the Cowboys would have to pay him for that premium to keep him? versus the other three guys we mentioned, right? I think he's worth it, but here's what I think. I think it'd be easier to find a Trayvon than it would be to find a CD. 
Mm. And that's where my head is at. I think Trayvon is worth every penny. And I think that what we saw last year is the best Trayvon we've seen. You didn't get the flashy picks. I get it. But what everybody dogged him for the season before, giving up the most yards, well, all of a sudden he didn't get the picks. And, oh, guess what? He didn't give up nearly as many yards. He was, what, the third least targeted cornerback in the league last year. I mean, some of those PFF numbers are skewed because no one throws at him. He had Corner is one of the toughest positions to evaluate yes. in the NFL. It he, really is because the lack of work, so to speak, is what and, kind of plays a detriment to what you yes. do, right? Okay. So they played the Giants twice last year, correct? Yeah. The Giants targeted the receiver that was covered by C.D. Lamb, and I know this. You mean Trayvon Diggs? Yes, Trayvon Diggs. They threw to that player five times in two games in total. So to me, you can't quantify with numbers. Like you said, it's hard to manage. And I think that Trayvon is a better corner than C.D. is a receiver. I just think you're going to have a better time finding a corner than you are a receiver. Why do I think that? Because we just acquired a ball or a corner for nothing. And you can't do that with receiver. And you know how good Stephon Gilmore is. Yeah. I get that he's older. No, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying— He's one of my personal favorite players in the league at any given moment. And you think he's still good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay, you can't get that level of wide receiver for a fifth-round pick. And so that is why I would get rid of uh, Diggs over CD, even though I really think— by position, Diggs is a better corner than CD is a receiver. That's that's so yeah. opinionated. Even even know. going through and just looking through all of this, I mean, from the outsider perspective, I feel like Trayvon is unfortunately, however yeah. you feel, uh, probably the, the the he's just the guy. He's, he's the odd he, man out. He, he's the odd man out when and it comes to when it comes to when it comes to direct. Just like what can you, what what it's harder to replace, right? Yeah. Like you made it. That's a great way of looking at it. You can't replace. Dak, not no. necessarily. It's just it's too difficult. Finding yeah. franchise quarterbacks is in the NFL, at least at this level. I mean, it's just it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. Um, obviously, find you're not going to find the next Mahomes. It just doesn't necessarily no. just happen. Everybody keeps trying, doesn't work. Ceedee Lamb, very solid, very good receiver. Wide receivers nowadays going for insane premiums, twenty two yeah. million dollars over the cap. Had Trayvon at eight million dollar valuation. Like that's just it. Just shows a vast yeah. difference. Yeah. Especially as far as playmakers. I understand corners are incredibly valuable yes. when they're great. Yes. They are incredibly valuable. But they're, but they're just cheaper. They're they just, just cheaper. That's all there is to it. It's like I said, I think that Trayvon is a better corner than CD is a receiver. But I know for a fact I can get a comparable corner a lot more easy than I can get that comparable receiver. Yeah, and, or edge rusher, for or ed- sure. I mean, yeah, you're looking at we're, We'll move on to Micah finally because we're running out of time. He's the big one, man. I yes. mean, you're looking at a guy who is easily going to be making close to, if not $30 million a season. That's what I would And it's not going to be unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, the number one edge rusher, this is this is what I looked at. TJ Watt making $28 million this year. Uh, Joey Bosa, 27. Miles Garrett, 25. Mm-hmm. Parsons is easily going to be, if not going to exceed that range. Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up with the richest defensive player contract at the NFL level right now. That's my guess. It's, it's, so it's not much of a conversation to go, yeah. they're not letting go of Micah. No, they're not Clinton, letting go yeah. of Dak. Yes. They're not going to let go of CD. But no. Trayvon, we'll have, to, we'll have the question marks on. Um, it's tough. It's like, tough. Because like these are all valuable players. And he's very good, and he's gotten better. But yeah. it's just a value thing. It's like, imagine if Zeke was still really good. Yeah. It'd still be the same situation. That's That position just doesn't hold as much value. And for the Micah Parsons situation... What are you going to do? 
you've got a unicorn. Yeah. Like, what do you like? Whatever number you might think is too. It's like high. The, it's like in baseball, you've got Shohei Otani. Yeah. What do you, right. Like it, it doesn't make any sense how you good have to he sign is. him. You have no choice. Yeah. You, or you're, you're not going to sign Babe Ruth. Like yeah. you have to sign Micah Parsons. And like, if you have to pay Micah Parsons thirty five million dollars a year, guess what? You're going to pay him $35 million a year. That's exactly right. You're going to be happy. <laughs> the only to... other guy you, you're you probably paying as much is Dak because yeah. you, it's hard to find quarterbacks. I can show you a list of other teams that would like to pay Micah that money, and that list is pretty much about 31 teams. Long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sorry. Like, if you're like, oh, that's too high, like, I don't know what to tell you. He's going to cost more than any other edge rusher has ever cost, and you're going to pay it half. What sold it for me, and I know we're creeping up on time, mm-hmm. but what sells it for me is... I remember that game they played against the Bengals, and you could argue that Micah Parsons single-handedly beat the Cincinnati Bengals offense by himself. I agree with you. Having a player with that level of impact, there are just not many like him. Aaron yeah. Donald's out there, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're Khalil Mack in his prime. T.J. Watt right now, right? Uh, phenomenal edge rushers. List is Guys, small. The list is incredibly small. Like, like incy tiny. I'm, I'm pinching my fingers right now. Like yes. So small. Yeah, yeah. I, you're just not going to find guys like that. Micah Parsons is going to be worth every single penny. I mean, he's going to sell every jersey. Yep. He's going to he's going to set records. He's going to be he, as long as this guy doesn't have something disastrous happen. You know, knock on wood, he will be in the ring of honor and he'll probably be a oh, hall yeah. of famer. That's tra- that's the trajectory we're looking at right now. But I think we are out of time. We ran kind of long on this one. We were having a really good time. Uh, we missed Austin this week. But hopefully when we're back, we will have him back, full crew, full cast, and all. This has been America's Team. We really appreciate you listening in with us. I'm Tristan Ryans. That's Dylan Reed. Catch you next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.